0: Ben Moore has been in love with bees for as long as anyone can remember. And as far as we can tell, the feeling is entirely mutual although he still sometimes feels the sting of his passion hang around learn a little it's as sweet as honey and always a buzz it's the ultimate pollinators podcast with ben his friends and associates and of course ben's bees
1: Hey everyone, bees with Ben. Have I got a cracker of an episode this week? I've got the amazing guru and entertaining Kevin Tracy. We're going to be talking about queen bees. What makes a good queen? Got some funny stories. We're going to talk about the Dunning Kruger effect, which I've not heard this before, and uh, why it affects some beekeepers. Uh, Now, Kevin is an amazing speaker. He's done plenty of talks, been a keynote speaker. And also too, he was, he retired last year from Tocall College in New South Wales. He was teaching Cert Three and uh, Queen Bee breeding. But what he does now, he actually can go and travel and travel around and actually do a course, you know, at your place. So how cool is that? So I'm going to put in the uh, show notes on how to find Kevin, but this is an absolute entertaining and a fantastic episode. And the first question I asked Kevin is, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it
0: be? One thing that's kind of awkward, but I would like to think that it's I've lived my life the way I wanted to, and um, beekeeping has been a big part of that. That's so, fantastic. That's, that's it.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> all beekeeping. So, so, when did it all start, Kevin?
0: When was oh, the- my. Yeah, good question. I I can remember even in my dotage that um, I started with bees because I thought I was pretty cool living on a property that was in isolation. And Deborah and I decided we're going native, and at that time thought we better have some bees for our self-subsistence and permaculture lifestyle. So I went and bought a couple of bees from some guy who was selling them too high. I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. It was the biggest mistake I've ever made. Well, hmm, I've been married a long time. That's not a mistake. No, that's all good. (laughs) They were ferocious.
2: That were
1: they. So before, now now we've got oh. an we've got an accent here. So, so 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 tell us where the accent was from and is that uh, and with the bees It's Queensland. It's, a que- it's
0: Queensland. A Queensland. <laughs> a Queensland. What about originally? Yes. <laughs> originally I'm a Chicago born guy but I've been here for that long now. Um, I'm much more Australian. Other people can't say what I can. I have a certificate to show <laughs> that I'm an Australian citizen.
1: <laughs> Absolutely love it. So so you've had these bees, so you got these feisty these two hives they're feisty. Uh and, yes. the, and then, was that the start of your addiction, was it?
0: That was the start of my um fear, actually, because okay. it was a it was very nightmarish and I was stung so severely. Um, that I was comatose for three days. And we were in I t- pretty much, I mean, we talk about isolation now, but we're in houses or hospitals or what have you. We were in a shack in the middle of nowhere wow. with me being pretty crook. So nice. I stuck with it for a little while, gave it away. Life took me on some other adventures, but came back to bees and predominantly um, queen bee production and breeding.
1: Wow, fantastic. Now, now, talk us through the, the queen bee sort of production. So that's, that's what your sort of, you know, obviously, bees are your passion, but you love breeding the bees, the queens.
0: Yes, uh, yeah. The queens are a fascinating thing. And, and as I was learning in that, it seems so mysterious and such a – wonderful world of magic is the way it had been kind of presented or the way people talk and revere. I I never ceases to amaze me the way people revere others who do their own queens, because it's pretty simple. All right. It's not rocket science. It is, I mean, we can get a bit of a God complex because of the creation of a, another creature, but um, don't get carried away with that because there's a lot of mistakes too, okay. so I I love doing it because of the results, the challenges, the timetabling. It's one of those things where you could get a bit carried away from, shall we say, an obsession, you know, okay. to the minute type thinking. But um, you can have some slack time.
1: Okay, and and, 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 and so, sorry, go on, go on.
0: No, no, I was just going to say I really believe I'm, there would be people who would contest this, but I. I'm convinced that everybody should be doing their own queens and maybe that's something else if i can sneak in another thing for which one could be remembered is teaching and encouraging people to do their own queens and how
1: okay okay because you're you you're part of the is it the total um queen wearing course are you part of that?
0: No, I, I was. I did work at Tocal and with Tocal for a number of years, okay. um, and I've taught a number of people queen rearing through uh, the Tocal course, but um, departed ways, when was it, the middle of last year. My contract was coming to an end, and my wife's sister was in ill health, so we departed, came back to Queensland, and um, I'm still I'm still doing training but it's not of the um, cert- certified, like okay. TOCAL, yep. but it's yep. still at the same level of training for that's, people.
1: That's awesome. Now, I should mention for all the listeners, uh, so one of my um, my workers, uh, Ashley, did the course uh, just before Christmas um, last year, 2021, and she absolutely yes. loved it. It was a really just, great, oh, absolutely brilliant course. She was absolutely just pumped and excited doing that. It's a really, really cool course. So, uh, and and they run it a couple times, a few times a year, don't they, Kevin?
0: Yes. yes. And, and the, the beauty is, I mean, I've had the opportunity with so many people now. I mean, I've I've gone around different states and taught people how to do queens. And with the reality of it is, if that's a person's interest, they needn't do a full certificate three. To do that, okay. and for me, um, training queens is if wherever anybody's interested and they can get a group together, I'm happy to travel and train those, oh, wow. those people.
1: Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. that's yeah. awesome for the listeners to know that. It,
0: so, yeah. it's a mission. I'm on a mission. <laughs> do your own queens, large or small numbers. Absolutely love it. You and can do it.
1: Now, what, what queens? What's the describe the perfect queen for the listeners, please, Kevin.
0: Um, Elizabeth, I'm not <laughs> safe with that one. <laughs> I, I thought I would better, you know, sort of throw something in there, royalist. Uh, <laughs> a, a good queen is the one in your colony that's doing what you want and need. Okay. Full stop. Okay. Color is of no significance. All right, folks, I'm sorry to do that to you. Nothing like a pretty queen, but that makes no difference at all. And I just want to reference um, our friend, great friend, uh, Dr. Doug Somerville. And ages ago in the book, his uh, work, Fat Bees, Skinny Bees, he mentioned um, the four pillars of beekeeping. And one of them was re-queen as necessary. Okay. Yeah. So we, we don't have to keep queens for a really mm-hmm. short time or a really long time or designated. If she's doing her thing, Hang on to her. If she's running out of, of steam, shall we say, she's running out of semen, um, then get some queens from her before she goes. Move her into a smaller – there's so many little tricks of the trade, as it were. And, um, yeah, you can do your own – I just keep saying it over and over, Ben. I'm sorry. I want people to realize they can do their own queens. Yes, That's yeah. it. It's, it's not to put anybody out of business. Um, well, mm, no, no comment. <laughs> so, so,
1: so Kevin, what, what would be, the, <laughs> what, what would be the hardest part about breeding queens? You know, let's say a, an advanced hobby bee, beekeeper, beekeeper, been keeping bees, you know, so maybe that dozen sort of hives. Uh, what would be the hardest part for someone sort of getting no, into
0: it? The timetable. Timetable. Okay. And that's whenever I'm teaching it, That I say, Anybody can graft or raise a cell. You know, the bees can raise cells for you without any effort, or there are different kinds of kits that you can use. It's the timetabling, because really, if you think, I will do that tomorrow, you're probably too late. Okay. All right. So things like putting your cells out, or catching queens to make room, or setting up a nuke um, for a mating for queens, etc. That's it's the it's the timetable, and that's where to what you're really, if I can put it this way, openly and honestly, that's to what you're a slave. Yes. The schedule.
1: Okay, having that time frame and then all that. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and are you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Kevin, are you breeding queens? sort of four people now. So if someone wanted to buy some queens like the, you know, the Kevin Tracy line, would could they buy them? Oh,
0: that's, that's a very generous plug, Ben, and I do appreciate it. However, at present, having made my move back to Queensland and having bees on the New South Wales side of the border, it's been really awkward to build up again okay. and get going. So at this point in time, no, and maybe that's another reason I've got, well, it is a reason I have time to help other people with beekeeping and do training courses and let's just all keep getting upskilled. Yes. That's what I reckon.
1: Yes, yeah, no, absolutely, for sure. Um, and what about the challenges of, of breeding queens, you know, in on the border, New South Wales and Queensland, like
0: obviously the
1: weather? Um, any other challenges?
0: Um. Small hive beetle is a nightmare That's no news to anyone. Uh, I know a fellow who does a lot of queens and he's just suffered badly because the, the weather is perfect for small hive beetle. Yeah. Uh, the other one, of course, as everybody knows, is chalk brood. If you've got a queen whose progeny are doing a lot of chalk brood, um, you can't wouldn't use her. You'd replace her and not use her for anything. Okay. So, it's those sort of genetic tips as well, but up here, like in this um southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales, it's ideal for bees. It really is, and the challenges that are thrown at us are far outweighed by the uh wonders of nature and bees around us. I went so far i look i have to say, years ago, when I was really full on this was before I started training most of the time. I was giving away drone—I mean, queen bees that I was producing—to okay. yep. uh, people all over the Gold Coast, Southeast Queensland, etc. So that basically Southeast Queensland became my drone congregation area. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I—I I knew the other um, real quality people like um, Corinne Jordan, Graham Beach, yeah. um, Howard Kirby. theirs were the bees that were here. Yes, okay. And, and I had no problem with matings of quality stock. Okay. It's great for open mating. Just that's great.
1: That's awesome. And you just mentioned Harold Kirby. Now, to my knowledge, he's no longer breeding queen bees on a big scale anymore.
2: Is that correct?
0: No, not on a big scale. We, I don't think anybody actually ever stops. You can't help it right, um, when when I was when I was working in New South Wales. It had been a couple of years since I'd done these. and Deborah, my wife, says, "What is wrong with you? You just seem edgy all the time." And I had to think for a moment, <laughs> and it was uh, because I hadn't done any queen work, outright <laughs> <laughs> queen work, and I would, on occasion, disappear from the office to make sure I could do a graft somewhere and things like that. It was just it's, Gets
1: into you. Oh, certainly, it it's, really it's, does. Oh, it's an addiction. We just you, we need it. Yes. Or almost, yeah. I, I yeah. Totally agree. And, and it's it's interesting too, especially for the listeners. You know, there is a business or businesses to be made for people breeding quality queens. Uh, you you do obviously mention, and I and I strongly agree that you know, people should be able to do it themselves, but a lot of beekeepers can be a little bit time poor. So, so, yes. so would you agree with that? There's, there's a business there for, for people to actually produce, you know, good, it's, high numbers of quality queens? Yes,
0: absolutely. And uh, there's no question of that because some big players have dropped out recently because of age or health, things like that. There are, there, to my knowledge, never really been enough queens being supplied to meet the demand. Yeah, okay. I mean, I get a, I get a call every week for a hundred queens every wow. week, wow. and I don't. I'm not even doing them, and I know somebody else who's you know moving out of that area themselves. And so, if there's somebody out there, you don't have to do a lot for starters. Yes. All right. Just do a small number with your quality stock, which you probably have in a hive anyway. Yes. If you've got two hives. One is going to be undoubtedly better than the other. Work from that. Yes. You know what I mean? That, and start building up and selecting and even just selling cells to people. Get yes. your name, etc., out there. Really. The demand's so high. And think if you were raising your own queen, say you've got 15 hives and you're doing your own queens. I don't know what you guys are paying for a queen. That, not enough, I can guarantee yes. that, yes. <laughs> but multiply it by 15. Exactly. Now, you do 15 for you, and you provide 15 for somebody else at a, a fair and reasonable price. There you go. And the, the other one, to get people really excited, but you'd better do this right – is produce a quality nuke, there's a good sideline for you.
2: Yes. Yeah, totally. Because
0: you're producing bees and you don't have to buy a queen to put in them. You can guarantee, et cetera. But nukes are simple. They're not easy. Yes. I just want to throw that in there.
1: Yes, I like that. Simple but not easy. No, that's that's totally agree. Um, and now, obviously, what you mentioned. Thank you, Ben. Yes, yeah. As you mentioned with the uh, with the nucs, what about mating nukes? Obviously, there's, there's so many things you know to um, to sort of talk about queeding, uh, Sorry, uh, breeding queens, but you know a mating nuke, because there's you know some people do them in five frames, four frames, three frames. Those little yeah. mini, mini nukes. What,
0: what do <laughs> you sort of recommend, yeah. Kevin? Okay, I uh, I I'm not going to say I've done them all but most and have seen the rest. Okay? Yes. So so for me, if I were I, I use what are called three ways. Okay. Um because that's the gear I if you will started out with and used um and I'm not going to replace it, but if I were going to replace it having done, you know, a uh Five as you say, five frames and minis, etc. cetera, um, give me an eight-frame box divided in two with an entrance at either end. Four frames is wonderful. And the reason that I believe that a four-frame nuke for um, queen mating is wonderful is because you can have a colony that can um, maintain itself if you have a queen that doesn't come back, okay,
2: okay. They,
0: they will survive the gap in time for you to get back and get another cell and queen happening in there. And while I'm on that, may I just jump in with something else for, for your listeners. Um, and I would like to think mostly friends of ours out there, um, is if you let a queen, a colony raise its own queen, In your production hive, you lose about four weeks of brood. Yes, yes. Okay, and a lot of people don't consider that. They Mm. think, oh, I'm going to save the money on buying a queen. But you lose three days, four days, even if you said five days, by putting in a mated caged queen. That's insignificant. Yes, but when you start taking four weeks out of a colony um, population production, you're losing honey hand over fist. Yes,
1: all those workers. Yeah, so true. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's that's absolutely so true. And, and an interesting question. I heard um, a queen bee breeder was actually when they did a graft, they were introducing more royal jelly to those cells. What's your thoughts on that, Kevin?
0: My thoughts on that is people will do whatever they want yes, yes. and say that it's the way it should be done. And <laughs> the awkward part with that is some people do that and some do not. Yes. I've I've not done it um, because any time I've set up my cell builders, etc., it doesn't seem to be any problem for the bees to supply the royal jelly necessary for a quality queen. Yes. So I don't have to, as it were, double dip, lose a lot. So I've got royal jelly. If you're a if you're breeder, you're tr- and when I say breeder in our conversation now, let's just say your selected queen. Yes. All right? I'm yes. not talking – doesn't have to be artificially inseminated, etc. It's your selected queen to uh, raise progeny. Okay? If that queen is looked after with a view to grafting, you should be grafting or raising cells that are already well supplied with royal jelly yes. and get you going.
2: Yes.
0: All right. But I'm not, uh, please don't hear me going, uh, Oh, they're doing it wrong. It doesn't make it's If that's what somebody wants to do, I, I was talking to What was it? Oh yes. Well, it's the idea of efficiency. Yes. All right. it's that I don't really want to take the time it takes to do a double basically a double graft by putting in jelly then putting in a larva Mm. when i can just put it all in at once and get the same result and the same result
1: yes yeah because this beacon sort of said i had these thoughts that obviously you know more raw jelly it's a richer solution it was getting sort of a more robust queen so um the logic behind that but you're right yeah i mean it's obviously the way i see things is, is nature knows
0: best uh, yes so, yeah uh,
1: there's another interesting i mean
0: the logic is there yes. the logic is yes. there ben i hear i i i respect it but it, it's um for me it's too time consuming for a, no noticeable result
1: yes yes it was another interesting i saw a, this was quite a few years ago another queen breeder um went and saw him and he had a next to his his little lab i uh, had a bucket full of dead queens and I said to him I said what's with all them and, and what he was doing he was actually weighing each virgin queen now if I remember right anything less than 180 milligrams or more than 220 milligrams was hit in the bin
0: and I thought that was
1: interesting what are your thoughts on that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I have enough trouble keeping track of my own weight, Ben. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, But the, uh, look, a weight measurement can be helpful. It can give an indication, but they even, I mean, if you're going to do it completely, you're supposed to measure the thorax as well and the length of the bee, uh, et cetera. And really, that's a lot of queens in a bin, but it's if that's their selection process. I do my selection of a queen that I would provide to someone or use myself because my philosophy here, Ben, is I wouldn't sell something to somebody if I wouldn't buy it myself.
2: Yes. yes okay.
0: Yes. So, so my queen production was always at a, shall we say, boutique level.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: So I could keep a real eye in quality control. And when I was catching, which I would leave it for almost four weeks to catch, which is another issue altogether. (laughs) And I don't know how how far you want to go with that, but two-week-old queens are not ready to go into a hive. Um, But anyway, I've said it. It's out there. Good luck. Um, But around the 28-day mark, you can really tell if a queen's going to make the grade or not.
2: Yes, okay. Okay? Yeah,
0: and yeah. so when catching, I could discriminate and say, I can't sell her. Okay, okay. Rather than weighing in the first instance or evaluating from the virgin, I will wait and see what the, the queen, the, the proven queen, is, yeah. is proven to be able to do. Okay. And for the least... Listeners- and there's another... Yeah, sorry, but that's another thing I want to say. There is that's another reason for the four-frame nuke.
1: Okay, you can get a really
0: good evaluation.
1: Okay, okay. I was I was just going to ask. As far as um, you know, selecting, are you basing on a, how many eggs are in that particular frame? Is that what sort of that criteria there?
0: That's a that's a good start. Yes. See the temperament. You can if you've got her and she's laying well. That's key. The pattern. The bee's behavior, the temperament of bees, okay. yeah. um, is a good guideline. If they're riddled with chalk brood, down the gurgler. Okay. Right? Yeah. Those would be the three things I would look at. Um, some people will go, oh, um, she's not pretty enough. It's a tiger. It's not the one I, I'm known for. That's fine.
2: Okay. Those
0: those sort of criteria. The number of traits for which you might select um, is... Manifold, there's so many, and and too often we think the pretty bee is what I want. Yes, right. And and certainly there's um, a lot to be said for the larger queen. I used to, you know, in many scenarios, say to people, "Oh, no, size doesn't matter." But that (laughs) was all right because I had the size. You know, it was just a case of the with the queen bee, a larger queen is. has the indications that her um, ovaries are larger? Okay. All right, and therefore has potentially a greater egg laying capacity. And someone also said to me once, if she's larger as well as a virgin, she can fly more strongly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So these are they're, That's worth considering. Like I say, I used to say it doesn't matter because I've seen some really tiny queens just going crazy in the hive, doing a great job and the bees loving them i had one queen that was fairly small and had lost a hind leg and she would walk around the comb like a person in a rowboat with one oar. she, that was was basically it was a hypnotic laying pattern, shall we say. uh, But, and I thought, Oh, she's got to go. But she was doing a great job and the bees had no problem with it. The bees will soon sort out if they don't like a queen. Um, or you will. I give them three chances, Ben. Yeah. Okay, three chances. okay. <laughs> three chances. First time, it's the conditions. Yes. All right, if I go and the bees are cranky or not doing something, I go, oh, it must be the conditions. Second time, yes, Ben, I will take the fall. All right. Okay. Second yes. time, it's something I did. Did I kick the hive or did I put the wrong smoke or fuel in from somewhere just to entertain myself all right but the third time i go she's still limping around doing nothing or especially if the bees are cranky and here's a note for every hobbyist recreational beekeeper if you've got a cranky hive replace the queen yes don't even don't go anywhere else and i would go on the third time with a queen bee in my pocket yeah, and got- just take the time and go i'm gonna find you you're done
2: Yes. No,
1: that's good, good advice. Yeah, totally. Totally agree, Kevin. And obviously, talking about the queens, is there one particular subspecies that you prefer to work with?
0: No. Oh, um, we all have our preferences. But for me, and this may sound a really lame answer, I'm going to try and find an answer where you go, I totally disagree, Kevin, just for the sake of your you know, your audience. <laughs> Kevin, you are you crazy? What are you talking about? You fool, I'm going to edit this out. Um, but <laughs> the, the reality is, if a queen is doing well where you are, that's the right one. Okay. Okay, yeah. but I've, I've I've stuck predominantly uh, with Italians. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, but where you guys are, you really want to start thinking more around the area of the um, Caucasians, the Carniolans, because they are a. Uh, more adapted to the cooler climes. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh but but it really is, and this is I'm just gonna go back. I'm I'm gonna start repeating myself but and it's nothing to do with what I've been eating. Um is that local vigor in my frame of thinking and with some colleagues with whom I speak, local vigor, that is the bee that is raised where you are is the best bee. Yes. All right. And that's, again, part of my mission is, well, why not? We don't need necessarily huge genetic manipulation programs.
2: Mm, All
0: right. These, as you said, nature can do an awful lot that we can't and do it pretty spot on. Mm, Yes. So, yeah, do your own queens. Get some drone congregation areas going with your drones um you know it's all doable
2: yes yeah
0: no no
1: totally totally agree kevin and and what about um feeding bees you know i mean this is sometimes people say no you shouldn't feed the bees because it makes them lazy giving them sugar syrup what's your take on a on a say a carbohydrate and obviously like a yeah. supplementary
0: feeding yeah great great question and it's it's only in fairly recent times, you know, I mean, it's 10, 15 years that people started to really appreciate thanks to science and research that um, those bees really need a consistent source of quality pollen. Mm. All right. And it's all, the, the, if we remember, the only time that those larvae are fed is the five days, six days they're uncapped. Mm. So if there's... No, I mean, and like, you know, and anybody who's looked at a frame of bees, a frame of unkept larva knows, you can have larvae floating in royal jelly or in worker jelly or drone jelly, whichever one you're looking at, and and go, that's beautiful. They're healthy and well. And another time you'll look and go, they're really dry. Yes. That means they're starving, folks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no jelly in there. It means the bees are starving and they're starting to, you know, these are things we need to consider. But back to the making bees lazy, they are anyway. Oh, yes. sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not lazy. They are efficient. They won't send out more workers than they need to. They won't do anything if they don't have to. And likewise, they will only eat your pollen supplements, be it um, external or pollen patties or your sugar syrups. They'll only take them if there isn't a better resource available. Yes, yep okay so that's that's it and and the sugar syrup uh as we say that's the that's the energy source that's the carbohydrates that gives them the get up and go, and the pollen substitute or the pollen, whatever you're using is a protein supplement which keeps them alive and strong and fat and healthy and flying well and orientating well, et cetera, et cetera. They dance better yes. when they're well fed yes so yeah, is it one particular? That's my take.
1: Is there one particular brand that you like, Kevin, or do you make up your own pollen supplement?
0: No, am I allowed to do a hundred percent unashamed? All right, 100%. This, Um, for me and others that I do know, and I, I, I'm not going to name a bunch of people, but um, custom bee feed. Yes. All right, okay. custom bee feed. C uh, CBF is by far and away for me the one that bees prefer over the others okay all right and i've tried others and i i'm not a big fan of pollen patties because small hive beetle yes. loves yep. what the bees won't eat but um as a pollen supplement yeah custom bee feed and, and, and that's, and, yeah
1: and why is that is there a, one particular or you know is there a few different reasons why I well
0: i would say there's a few different reasons and um some i can't really say because um There's a bit of research behind it that indicates the guys who are producing it are always tweaking and hearing what beekeepers in Australia are saying about it and tweaking the recipe, if you will. And they're part of research programs and that to find out what will improve, what are the bees gaining from this. I remember when they first. Brought it out It's a, it's a while ago now um, But they listened to us We said look the It's too granular It's, it's, it's not fine enough okay. And the bees weren't able To really take it up readily And so they addressed that And then you know it's uh, It gets soggy Well they put a, if you will An anti-taking device So that it doesn't spoil quickly it's, And the bees just go for it well, there, I I enjoy it, but I don't eat it. Right. So, you know, I, I haven't gone that that far into healthy living yet to just eat pollen supplement. But
1: it's <laughs> funny. I've, I've actually got um coming up shortly in a in a podcast is Randy Oliver because I think he done a lot of research. Uh, oh yeah, States, yeah, on different pollen supplements yes. and and feeding and so forth. Because and I yes. think, and I think beekeepers we all like to do. You know, try something different. I think we're really... You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, and we've got our little style of, of doing something.
0: Oh, if we don't try it, we'll build it and <laughs> That's then try it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, that is so true. Absolutely so true. And, and,
1: Kevin, is there a particular part of beekeeping that you don't like?
0: Oh, it, can I, I don't know if I want to say. No, of course um, you can. It, it's, Fire away. Uh, no, all right, <laughs> it's... It's the people who know everything. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. But if you ever do any, and you may have some psychology and look at what's called the Dunning Kruger effect. Okay. All right. And that's basically, um, what can I say as a definition for it? It's, it's when somebody thinks they know more than they do, but acts like they know everything. Okay. and, and, where you, uh, ooh, where you run into this is in the area of training and education, okay. and um, and beekeeper uh, recreational beekeeper groups. Okay. All right, and that's why I mean that the usually in. Um, beekeeping clubs, if I can call them that. Yes, yep. There's, um, three years, the lifespan of somebody, because by the time they've done three years, they figure they know everything and don't have any more to learn from the club, unless they're telling everybody else everything they know. It's, this isn't a general, everybody does no, this. Yes. It's, there's, um, certain, if you will, types of people that just get off on having folk follow them. I know there's, a, there's one person I keep seeing show up, and this person should, you know, realize, you know, they're giving lectures to almost everyone on every Facebook page yeah. on how to and what to and why to. And they, you know, they haven't been around all that long. Yes. No, <laughs> no, no, it's, so,
1: it's so interesting. So, so the Dunning-Kruger effect, because I, I did not know that
0: was yeah. such a thing. Okay. Yes, it is. It's a D-U-N-N-I-N-G-hyphen-Kruger-K-R-U-G-E-R effect. And I've just pulled up the, a simple definition. And it's a cognitive bias in which people wrongly overestimate their knowledge or ability in a specific area. Interesting. Yeah, I present it as part of a talk for beekeeping mentors. Just, wow! Just okay. love it.
1: <laughs> How interesting! Because there wouldn't be a lot of other different industries or hobbies that would sort of suffer with you know with this um, dunning Kruger effect, would there?
0: Oh, I think a it's a, it's probably a general thing. It's you know it's the person, and uh, one way I like to coin it is in the sense of you know the bravado of a person. They speak loudly. Right. Which makes everybody think, oh, that confidence, they must be very competent.
2: Yes. okay.
0: (laughs) You know, you speak forcefully, you know, this is the way you should do something. People want to be told or hear, oh, now I don't have to think. (laughs) It's an easy trap. It's a a very easy trap. And I I can you've heard me speak in, in conferences and what have you. And I can be kind of rude on that point because yes. I'm happy to answer questions from whatever I might know alright yes. I'll find if I don't know I will try and find out um, but I don't I, I will caution people that it is a question time please do not use your question as a platform to voice your opinion
1: yeah okay yes yeah to make a statement
0: okay yes yeah yeah, yeah i it happens. I had a guy in a, a Zoom uh, talk I did for a, a club. And a fellow stood up and said, um, I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say. And I went, oh, here we go. And he, he made this blanket statement about the queen isn't the boy. It's, everything is about the workers. And I said, well, you're kind of right. And he says, no, you, you surely you agree with me on this. I said, well, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah,
2: <yes. laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: because a couple of things I didn't go very far um with him because i don't i don't like arguing, no. especially in that situation, but um he said, well, it may be right or wrong, um but it's what I believe, and you must believe too." And I said, well, what I believe, my friend, is that I will not argue about a person's beliefs in a public arena. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <That was it. laughs> now, do you want to argue about something, then? Because this is your arena. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is, this is
1: our, our arena. This is for all the beekeepers. That's why, that's why, that's why I started this podcast. So, for every, This is for everyone. So, yeah,
0: good on you. Uh, and thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, thank you kevin i no, really i absolutely really enjoy enjoy them because there's just so many different you know obviously ah. do different things and it's just how we can learn from one another it's just absolutely that's yes. why i love love doing this um and, and what about the what's the funniest um thing you've ever seen you know evolved around bees i so could be you know, uh doing a, a class with some live bees or something yeah. what's the funniest thing you've ever seen
0: Okay, this has got a, this one is the one that popped into mind straight away and I tell this as a, you know, just a wonderful thing. I was in a classroom and we were, uh, I was going to be teaching on queen bees, how, you know, quite a bit about them and there was a fellow in the class sitting at the back and, I mean, to do queen bees you need to have some knowledge and this person said raise their hand I have a question thank you yes. I said by all means It's if we don't ask you know, you know all the lines you give to that um, and he said can you, can you explain before we go to the bees what is the difference between a queen bee and a king bee <laughs> and that was a serious question okay. this person had never seen bees Okay. Had nothing to do with bees, and somehow got into that class, and that was their first question because they didn't want to make a mistake. Okay. okay, and I I thought that yeah that was that was funny. It wasn't stupid. It was a legitimate question yeah, for somebody le- who yes. knows nothing about bees. Where's the the king But came? it just caught me. It just caught me. Well, that was that was good. And one other was somebody who came in, and there was morning tea being catered. And there were some really seriously sugary caramel slices as part of it. And this person was saying that um, they'd given up sugar, et cetera. But I might just have one of those. Well, that person just started to shake and talk really fast and then almost passed out at the table, got up and said, ooh, I might have another one of those.
2: <laughs> I,
1: I think as beekeepers, we see uh, we see funny things. And it's, and it's interesting. Like that's, a, as you said, it's a legitimate question for someone who doesn't know, asking about the king bee. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's yep. if you don't know, it's actually a logical question if you don't know.
0: Yes. It's, and uh, children, little children, when you're ed, in education situations with them, they're the best because it's, ooh, is the queen born with that crown? Yes. Right? Uh, yes. The, what else are they supposed to think? You yeah, know, exactly. the oh, oh, why do you paint that on? No, they don't say that. They say, is she born with the crown? And then they tell you when their birthday is. So,
1: that's, that's funny. That's uh, yeah, I've got one more question for you because it's I really By all means. super appreciate your time, Kevin. It's absolutely amazing having you on. Uh, now this one's a little you're bit. You're very di- kind. No, no, thank you. No, you're kind. I really appreciate it. Um, it this question's a little bit different, um, and the question is: if you could have a coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose and why?
0: With any historical figure, yes. my p- dead set my my favorite historical figure is, in fact, Joan of Arc. Okay. All right? Okay. <laughs> because, you know, this may sound really, I don't know how it sounds. I'm just going to say it. She was a hero, a hero. You know, she was just, saw a problem and addressed it. And she believed in what she was doing. And that's why I say, do what you believe you should be doing. That, that person, and then if you will, wrongly condemned. And so so, this may sound quite a um, contradiction, but my second favorite person in history is Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde. All right. right. Be- yeah, yeah. Because he's funny and he's, he's a genius, but he was wrongly accused, you know, and paid a high price. Joan of Arc was burnt at the stake and um, o- uh, Oscar Wilde was burned and humiliated publicly so um yeah those, those are the people and then of course um because deb will probably listen to this and she is the yes. most wonderful person and she's history all right oh wait it didn't sound right
2: thank
0: you
1: thank you thank you thank you so much for being on this podcast it's been an absolute pleasure we're gonna get you probably we'll give it a year um we'll give you a little break and um I'd uh, love to have you back on. Um, and I'll show what am able to uh, I'd love to. Yeah, I'll, I might even get the uh, listeners to send me some questions
2: for you.
0: Do that. And I'm hoping and looking forward to the possibility of an opportunity to come to Victoria and do some training and talking down there again soon. Oh, yes. Yeah,
1: I, know I should ask too. So do you have a website? Because you've got you've got your… Um...
0: No, I do, do not have a website. I do have the Facebook site for B Zone Apiaries. People can contact me through there
1: if they want. Okay, awesome. Because what I'll do is I'll put that in the show notes, so um, so people can sort of check that out, and um, yeah, that's awesome. Cool, fantastic, Kevin. That no, really super appreciate your time. You're yeah, absolutely amazing, and I look forward
0: all to- the best. You then. Actually,
1: we'll probably see you. You're going to Sydney in June. <laughs> For the, uh, for the conference.
0: I better be. You better be. Yes. <laughs> you better Every be. intention. I look, look forward to seeing you there. I'll, I'll be there okay, so. thanks. And all, all the best to yourself, your listeners, for a great season and beekeeping.
1: Fantastic. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. All the best. See you, my friend. Bye. Bye. How amazing was that episode? That was absolute fantastic. Kevin Tracy is an absolute superstar. So, Big shout out to say thank you again for coming on board onto the podcast. So don't forget, do you want to hear someone? Now, is there a person you want to hear? Don't forget, send me a message. Ideally, text is best, 0437 You may think of someone. You may want to hear a certain subject. Um, this podcast is for you, the listener. So if you want to hear something, let me know. And thank you so much for listening to it. I really absolutely appreciate your time and take care. Until next week.